The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to break down the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. But before we get into the action, Mike, what's new? So, Joel, I know you said I do too many fantasy football leagues. I'm in too many. I've already told two commissioners that I'm not coming back next year. So what does that mean I have going on? I have a Dynasty NBA draft tonight. <laughs> it's not football. It's not football. I don't I feel am, any better about that. <laughs> I am I am branching. I am branching out. Um and I've been working on my rankings for the last uh two days, which is kind of useless because it's an auction and all I'm gonna do is be like, what's the highest bid for Luca? Plus one, please. So on on the on the nerdy hierarchy, like what's what's nerdier? Talking about your fantasy team or talking about your RPG character, like your tabletop RPG character, you know, and their I elaborate feel, backstory. Because I, I feel like they're kind of on the same plane, just different flavors, but on the same plane. I feel like fantasy sports is is worse, not necessarily nerdier, but worse. Cause at least when like you're talking about like a Dungeons and Dragons or a tabletop game, at least there's some creativity <laughs> that goes into it. A little bit of your personality, a little more, uh, you know, art. This is just cold, hard, you know, <laughs> success off of other people's success. So I, I, <laughs> I understand that fantasy sports are, uh, are nerdy, but you know, I've, I've wanted to do basketball for a while. I couldn't find enough people to get a basketball league off the ground. And, Mm-hmm. This was with some guys that I like from some of my existing leagues, and it's not a lot of money. And the thing is, if it, if I don't like it after a year, I'll just quit and they'll replace me with someone. So, despite basketball always being a sport that I like more than football, I think fantasy football is the best fantasy sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, in part because you set your lineup once a week. Yeah, you know. Like in basketball, at least in the leagues that I played in, you had to get in and change it like multiple times a week. Or it was a thing where you locked your roster for the week, but there are multiple games. And so like if you screwed up, like your best player might only have one game in a given week. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they get rested. And so you think that you're going to get X amount of contribution from that person. And then you don't because they end up only playing once. Or, you know, it, it just was super frustrating. The kind of frustration that you feel when a star player on your fantasy football team gets hurt at the start Mm -hmm. of a game. And so it gets you no points and you have no chance to replace them. I felt that a lot playing fantasy basketball and I I played one season and never went back to it. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's, um, well, for example, like I'm freaking out about Chris McCaffrey not playing this week anymore. That really sucks. (laughs) That's, really gonna affect my ability to win this championship that i'm chasing so um yeah and this basketball one it's every day like i have to set a lineup every day so we'll see it like like not a hundred percent you know i wasn't looking to dive into a uh a dynasty league for this i wanted to do like a regular just a one season thing i just couldn't get enough interest from people to uh 
to do that, but yeah, honestly, it's, it'll be fun and we'll, we'll go, I'll take it as it is. And we'll, we'll see how, uh, the rest of the, the season goes. I just want Luke on my team. <laughs> That's the only, like, give me Luca and I'll fill the rest out with scrubs. I don't care. I want my boy. But. <laughs> how about you, dude? Have you put another hundred hours into uh Hades yet? No, I actually, I kind of took a step back from it. I felt like I was, uh, kind of playing it to death. And as much as I love the game, it was getting to a point where I didn't have much more to do. And not that I was getting tired of it, but it's like, if I want to play this game again in the future, I like need I stop. need to leave things to do later. Uh, Cause it's not the kind of game where I'm ever going to start over from the beginning, because then you're just, spending so much time grinding and grinding and grinding. And a lot of the rewards that you get along the way are like story reveals and development of these characters. And it's like, I've seen all of that. So I don't necessarily get the same gratification from doing it over again. So no, I actually, (laughs) in in light of the speech I just gave, this is going to sound silly, but I started rewatching the TV show Criminal Minds uh, oh, which man. is a show that I used to watch and I loved it. And I just fell off of watching it after a while and never went back to it. So there's a whole bunch of seasons, like probably, I don't know, between eight and 10 seasons that I haven't seen, but I didn't want to like try to jump in and figure out where I left off. So I just started over from the beginning. So I'm spending a little bit of quality time with uh, serial killers and FBI profilers every day. <laughs> I have nothing, nothing better for your mental health than that. Um, you know, it actually is kind of like, <laughs> I find it, uh, you know, kind of a nice break because the, the way the show is, you know, usually they, they catch the bad guys. So that's kind of nice. Um, cause it, it's your, your classic morality play, good versus evil, good triumphs in the end kind of thing. And, and that's reassuring. But then there's also the element of, you know, they, they put in all of these quotes from famous people at the start and end of each episode. And uh, I, I always have liked quotes. So I, I enjoy that part of the show a lot, too. Yeah, I never watched Criminal Minds. I, I watched a little like SVU for a little bit and that just got depressing. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, police procedurals are just I don't know. They never really have been my thing. Well, Criminal Minds is less of a police procedural. Um and more of like a study in human psychology. And it also, the focus of the show is not on the case that they're solving each week. It's on the relationships between the members of the team and how those develop. And it's got a really great cast. So that helps a lot with uh, making the show fun and enjoyable, despite the subject matter. Have, um, I, I'll, I'll probably, I'm sure at some point when I run out of things to watch, I'll, I'll go down that route too. It's got my dude from uh, Baby's Day Out, so that's why I've would give it a I shot have at some. No point. idea who that is. <laughs> Am I thinking of the right show? I don't even know if I'm thinking of the right show. I don't um, know who's in Baby's Day Out, so if you can tell me who that person is, then I can tell you if they're in the show. It's it's the main one with the the beard, older guy. I don't know his name. Mandy Patinkin? Not Mandy Patinkin. That's this is bad audio. Uh, <laughs> it is. We'll we'll have to we'll have to we'll clean, just, clean it we'll, up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Joe Montagna. 
Oh. He has a beard. Not in the okay. show. Oh, does he not in the show? No, he's, he's clean shaven <laughs> in the show. Oh, okay. I think no, he no has one. facial hair at, at certain points and maybe a goatee at times, but I don't remember him ever having a full beard. Now, that may happen in a later season. Um, <laughs> You're just not so, there yet. Yeah, I, ju- I just don't know. So, well, yeah, I, I think I, uh, the last 90 seconds probably just need to clear it out. Yeah, probably. All right, Joel, you ready to dive into the, this week's Dynamite? Yeah, let's talk some pro wrestling. The Dynamite that was. And Dynamite began with a match between the Young Bucks and TH2 stemming from their interactions on last week's show. The Young Bucks getting the win in a wild and wacky tag team match. This was followed by MJF cutting a promo on Orange Cassidy, which was followed by a vignette, another Darby Allen black and white video. Next up, Cody took to the ring to get on the mic and was interrupted by none other than Sting, who then cut a promo suggesting that the reason he is in AEW is to challenge Darby Allen. Next up was a tag team match between FTR and the Varsity Blondes, tag team of Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. FTR got the win, and after this, we were treated to a backstage segment with Adam Page at the bar being approached by John Silver and Alex Reynolds with them asking to be his tag team partners for a match next week. After this segment, we got a match between number 10 of the Dark Order against Dustin. Dustin got the victory over 10. And after the match, Evil Uno went to recruit Dustin to the Dark Order. He was summarily rejected. After this was a backstage segment in which Brandy Rhodes sat down with Tony Schiavone and Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal. The segment broke down and resulted in Brandy throwing a glass of water in Shaq's face and Shaq mugging for the camera. After this was a promo from the inner circle in which they decided that they would stick together. So that's that. Next up, FTR cut a promo on somebody. <laughs> I, I wrote down that they cut a promo. I did not write down who they cut the promo on. <laughs> wow. I don't remember. What a, what a professional we have here. <laughs> Whatever. It was fine. You had one job, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Next up was a six-man tag team match between Eddie Kingston and Butcher and the Blade taking on the Lucha Bros and Lance Archer. Butcher and the Blade and Eddie Kingston got the victory. After this, we were treated to another Abaddon squash match, this time against Tesha Price. And after this, what I think is the segment of the show, Kenny Omega and Don Callis took to the ring to explain why they are smarter than everybody else. Finally, the main event MJF versus Orange Cassidy for custody of the Dynamite Diamond Ring. And due to massive interference, uh, MJF retained his ring, defeating Orange Cassidy. And that was the week of Dynamite. Who was FTR cutting a promo on? I think it was just a like a... I think it was a little bit against the Bucks and just in general... Like, I don't think it really had, like, a single focus, if that makes sense. 
All I know uh, is it was very forgettable because I completely forgot it in less than 24 hours. Well, for some reason, Dax Hardware talked about Mario Andretti. Yeah, that so, was seemed a little strange. Yeah. Uh, I, and that Mario Andretti was driving a Ford Bronco. I remember that. Yeah. And Tully basically saying because like it's not complete unless the three of them are there and like they're a team. So I don't know. It, like like I, I know it was, you know. He cut a promo on someone and it was funny, but I really don't know what that promo was supposed to do. But hey, Joel, let's talk about a promo that was good. That's a segue. Yeah, (laughs) I I think this was the best that we've seen from Kenny Omega in terms of mic work in AEW. And frankly, this might be my favorite thing that Kenny has done since coming to AEW. This one segment I thought was pretty much flawless. Uh, Don Callis is exceptional on the mic and he came out and delivered a very intelligent promo that made sense, that told a story and set it up for Kenny Omega to be a heel and really lean into his character and be cocky and, you know, that he doesn't really care. And, you know, yeah, holding a belt is nothing new to me. This is fine. Uh, and I loved it. I loved the look. I loved the delivery, the presentation. Everything about it to me was perfect. Yeah, it it was fantastic. And and combining Kenny with Don Callis here is just a it's a stroke of genius, dude. Because it's it's like when they when they paired CM Punk and Paul Heyman together. They're both amazing talkers. You don't think they really need each other, but holy shit, what a combination. And yeah, this this was Kenny's best thing he's done. I'm I, I'm going in and out of the ring. Just one of the best things he's done so far. Really just established what heel champion Kenny Omega is gonna be, what his character is gonna be, what his attitude's gonna be. And, you know. They teased an announcement for Impact. There really wasn't an announcement. They teased an announcement on Impact for Dynamite. There really wasn't an announcement, but the whole point was getting over this character, this power couple, (laughs) and to set expectations moving forward. And that is exactly what you needed from this. And by God, Kenny Omega, what (laughs) what a delight, man. I think if I had to critique something, uh, and this may not even be a fair critique in pro wrestling in, in 2020, but the one thing that it didn't do is make me dislike Kenny Omega or give me a reason not to cheer for him because he is a heel, right? So I shouldn't be all about Kenny Omega beating everybody. And unfortunately, that's where I am. I just want to see him run roughshod over every pro wrestler in the world and continue to be a dominant heel champion and i don't know how much i don't know how long that feeling is going to stick with me i guess is how i put it yeah and i i think if there was a more specific target of the promo they talked about moxley a little bit but there really wasn't a i'm better than you you know it you're gonna lose to me blah 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 i i think i think that would you know that would have helped kind of quell what you're feeling but and i think we're going to see some more of the dastardly tactic from kenny omega over the next few weeks um they announced that they're going to have like a two-part episode uh, before new year's and after new year's that they're going to kind of tattle like a a 
bash at the beach. So it seems like a perfect opportunity to give him some sort of opponent contender. Maybe it's Moxley again. Maybe it's someone else where they can kind of use that as that sole kind of make me hate Kenny Omega, the heel champion. And I think what you need, right, if I'm going to be pulling against him, is I need somebody that I really want to cheer for. So I think the selection of his opponents is going to be crucial because if you give me someone like, for example, Moxley, if they run it back, I don't really want to cheer for Moxley. I just went through an amazing championship run with John Moxley, and I don't need him to be champion again. Uh, or someone like Lance Archer. I just don't take him seriously anymore. So, you know, that's not going to work for me. If it's someone like, and not Brian Cage, because he's a heel also, but someone like a Brian Cage that I could really get behind and think to myself, yeah, I want to see that person with the big belt. That's something that could really work for me. Um, I, got, I, got, I got two. I got two ideas for this like mini feud to this kind of intro feud. Yeah, go for it. Either Orange Cassidy. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the crowd's behind him and we hate seeing our orange boy get his ass kicked. Or it seems like Darby Allen's going to be wrapped up with some other things, but a Darby Allen, Kenny Omega match. I think that'd be two really good guys to get the weight of the fans behind. Because, yeah, we're AW is the brand for Marks, and we love this version of Kenny Omega. In kayfabe, we got to have a reason to hate him. And I think those two guys could be good foils to this new and improved heel Kenny. Yeah. I don't want this because it would be too soon, but Adam page is another person who I would be cheering for against Kenny Omega. I still feel like that's yeah. It, like you, I, I want that at some point. I think that's, I think that's all out 2021 main event. Just uh, yeah. 2021. That would be my guess. But yeah, I, I, I think it was for what it needed to be. It was good. And on the impact episode, they talked about Kenny collecting belts. You know, he's collected belts all over the world. I'd kind of love to see Kenny still do his thing on Dynamite, but allow him to go compete at other indie promotions and just have him start winning, winning belts and just loading up on them. <laughs> like, yeah, that'd be pretty that, cool. I think there's a picture of, I think it might, one of the Japanese guys, Tanahashi or either, or um, Okada, where like, the guy's holding like seven, eight, nine belts at once. What you're thinking of is a classic picture of Ultimo Dragon. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And he I that was that. on an episode of WCW. He came out with eight belts. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. We have we go from the cleaner to the collector. <laughs> I like it. Well, we could talk about this segment all episode long. But we got to move on. And uh, we had another Sting segment. So two in two weeks. And I kind of have mixed feelings about this one. And I'm hoping that you can talk me off the ledge because I want to like this. But I'm not sure that I do yet. So uh, it felt a little bit kitschy to me. And, you know, especially, you know, getting started with, him asking Tony Schiavone to do his announcing thing and then just, you know, acting like a kid out there. Like he was just so excited to be in the ring and that's cool. That's cool. But it doesn't really fit with the menacing crow character that is, you know, really why I fell in love with sting. And so I I didn't love that. I didn't love him chanting along with the crowd when they're, you know, chanting, this is awesome. Like, I don't know, man. Like, 
you've been there before. So act like you've been there before. Well, and, I, I look. And then I thought oh, it got great from there. But, oh, yeah. you know, bit of a rocky start. I think it's kind of, this is his swan song. Like, we all thought his WWE one was what was going to end. Like, this was it. This was his last bit of an active in-ring performer. It didn't go that great. So I, I legitimately think he is happy to be there. Like, oh, I, I don't think it was disingenuous. Yeah, I just, and I think I think that's what they've been going for. Uh, just I think that's just kind of AEW's thing. Is like, hey, we love professional wrestling. We are people who love this business, and you can see the joy in all of the other wrestlers and their promos and stuff. Like, you you can see that they're putting their personalities and into it, their interests, their 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 stories. So I I didn't really have a bo- bo- I didn't really have an issue with it. I kind of marked out when. Shavoni said it's staying in the ring. Like I, I thought that was that was fun. And I thought it was like, you know what? Wrestling doesn't always have to be super serious. And then it did. The promos got a little more, you know, wrestling focused, what we wanted it to be. Um and I loved him looking at Cody. He's like, I'm not here for you. I got some that very was, big Hamilton vibes. <laughs> that was my favorite moment of the night. Uh, was Cody being like, you know, I've, I've waited for this moment for a long time. And Sting just being like, nah, bro, I'm not here for you. This isn't what we're doing right now. Like, wait your turn. I care about the guy who has the belt. And, and that felt like a very, like, I'm not here to make a moment. I'm here to, you know, go for one last championship run. Yeah. And I loved, I loved him kind of staring at Darby in the crowd during this segment. Once again, making Darby Allen an even bigger deal, like very smart booking to to continue to get positive heat for for Darby like this. And you always talk about you want wrestling to you know leaving questions. Where is this going? What's going to happen? I think they did a good job of him basically saying, "Hey, I'll see you around." I, I choose the way that I play in this business. And yeah, I think it left a good cliffhanger and there's a couple different ways. I feel like they can go with this. If Sting's going to actually be a performer, you know, in ring worker. So yeah, I would enjoy from here on out or at least for a while, if they never advertised sting being on an episode, like don't promote it. Don't talk about that. It's going to happen. I get that it's kind of counterintuitive, but I think if you establish that Sting might just show up on any given episode and you don't know when it's going to happen, you don't know what segment it's going to be, but Sting might just show up. I think that might actually make Dynamite feel more like appointment television than if you advertise in advance, like, hey, Sting is going to be here. Uh, I also think it fits better with his character. Yeah. So... I hope yeah, they I, do I something you, of that nature. No, I agree. I think you treat him like a a full-time talent, which they've touted in press releases and interviews that Sting is a full-time member of this roster. Yeah, you can hype it up Sting's in action next week like you would with like a Moxley or Kenny or something like that, but we don't need a tweet every single week. Sting's appearing. Like, yeah, he, we would hope so. You're paying him a lot of money, and, you know, yeah, I... I'm enjoying it. I, I kind of look at the, the sting thing as kind of like the cherry on top, you know, like yeah. AEW, we, it was still going to be awesome. We were still going to watch it every single week, regardless. 
But now that there's a chance of seeing Sting, yeah, that's that's awesome. It's not going to take away from the show, but if it can make the show better, then I'm all for it. Well, and I said last week, I never expected to see Sting on a, a pro wrestling show again. And so a- anything that I get at this point is gravy. It's, you know, it's a bonus. It's not anything I was ever expecting. So I guess I should just, you know, sit down and be happy with that. Yeah. And, and like you said, once once you got past the intro, you you, you fell right into it. So. Um, Gotta eat my vegetables and then I can have dessert. Exactly, exactly. Um, oh, yeah, Joel, did you want anything else about the the stinger or are you ready to move on to our next topic? I think we can move on. I think we said enough. Uh, what a match to start the show, dude. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> really, really great match and a total showcase of what TH2 can do. Uh, and I think I say that because we we obviously we know what the Bucks can do and we get to see that on a very regular basis on AEW television. So mm-hmm. getting to see TH2 and their style and their antics in a bigger match against bigger opponents was a fun moment. And I think it's something that has become somewhat of a pattern in AEW that you've got a team that's kind of at that mid-level that through backstage segments, through stuff on dark, will get elevated and then get to have a significant match against the champions. And that's been true across the different divisions. I think we just need to get used to that being a thing. And once they've done that enough times to establish that titles don't really change hands in matches like this, then that's, you know, sets the table for surprises. And, you know, that's exciting to think down the line we're going to be totally desensitized to champions having matches for their belts on regular television and then, you know, get that surprise out of nowhere victory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I came away from this man, just loving in Helico even more (laughs) like, and Jack Evans too, man. He, he's, he's something special. And, um, it seems like this is a, a push for the hybrid too. And Helico's got a match with Cody next week. Little that random. That should be really good. Should be really good. Uh, just because of what we know. Wasn't Ann Helico a, uh, was he a TNT Open Challenge opponent? I don't believe so. Don't think, okay. I, I hmm. Either way, I, I think this is a good spot for these guys to be in. I think it's um, a smart decision from AEW to give these guys shine and like, there's there's a, there's not many teams that can kind of out offense the young bucks <laughs> and I think the H2 might be one of them. Well, you have so much creativity from both of those guys and Jack Evans is freaking crazy and will try anything. So <laughs> Yeah, no, seriously, like yeah. It, it, no. The stuff that he's willing to put his body through and the the things that he'll attempt uh, are are really impressive and and it was just a recipe for a really fun match two styles that go together very well uh and i'm continually impressed with the way angelico moves and transitions from spot to spot it's just so smooth and has a kind of flavor all of its own uh, so that's a cool thing and i enjoy any time i get to see him in a kind of a spotlight match yeah i was here was he the one who was injured earlier this year? Was it Evans? Uh, Jack Evans was. Yeah, he had a fractured cheekbone, I believe. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so good to see them recovered. I think it's 
adds another viable contender here to the the tag team division. Um, what happened to our super aggressive dickhead Bucks? <laughs> I uh, I'm not sure. I I think it seems like the Cody thing where they realize, ooh, we don't have enough baby faces. Um, we need to keep them face. Yeah, you know, I think I think one way you could explain it is to say that you know they were acting that way because they didn't have the belts because they weren't finding success and you know success brings a group together i've been watching a lot of survivor recently and something that you see on that show all the time is that one tribe will be just getting their ass kicked in the challenges and then something changes and they start winning and all of a sudden they're no longer at each other's throats and like trying to vote everybody off they're you know not plotting as much anymore because they're winning and i think some of that is kind of at play here the bucks are happy because the bucks are winning they have the belts and they only seem to get perturbed when people ask them about kenny omega Mm, that is true yeah i guess i i don't mind it like i'm okay with companies saying you know what that idea we're gonna scrap that for now or we're gonna go in a different direction if the new direction is working. And I I like what the young bucks are doing right now. And I think having Kenny Omega leading the men's single division and the young bucks at the top of the tag team division is a good thing. Um, And I guess, you know, my prediction was that the bucks would join Kenny and be super heels together. Right. Don't really need the bucks when you have Don Callis doing that with Kenny. Yeah. And maybe that was the impetus for, for changing it. I think what feels weird about it is that usually when something gets, you know, scrapped like that, it's because it's not working. And it, it was working. It felt like it was working. And so from, from that perspective, I can't think of a reason why you would want or need to stop having the Bucks be mega heels and just being dicks to everyone. If anything, the titles would make that even more effective because, mm-hmm. you know, now not only are we dicks, but you have to deal with us because we're holding the belts. Well, I guess you also could look at the dynamic of the tag division right now. Your two biggest, your biggest face team is the Bucks. Your biggest heel team is um, FTR. I think there's a bigger drop off to that number two face team than the number two heel team. And also like you have your number, probably your number two face team, the best friends. They're wrapped up in this Miro uh, story that's been going on. So I don't know if there really was a viable second face team that could challenge a heel bucks. And right now, look, they're, they're looking, looks like they're going to try and get the acclaim over. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be where that was heading, which is awesome. Um, and they, you know, they had the, uh, the match with top flight helps get them over a little bit. Um, so you know what, if, if they decide, you know what, we, this isn't going to work out with heel Kenny and we need, a face team to kind of hold the fort with some of our heel teams and young up and coming teams, then okay. It just was weird. Yeah. It felt, so I it think, felt weird. I think the acclaimed will be faces before long. Uh, you, you in, can't in be same with way, that gimmick for long. In the same way that John Cena got over rapping insults at people, Max Caster is going to get those two over so hard uh, because he's funny. He's got great timing and the way those two play off of one another with the facial expressions and everything that they're doing as part of their performance, they're not going to be able to be heels for very long. 
<laughs> have they had matches on Dark? Yes. Okay, I because I haven't seen them wrestle yet. I want to go back and They're watch good. some of their stuff before they, they can uh, work. Because I don't think they've had a Dynamite match yet. I don't believe so. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll go check that out. Um, anything else uh, about the Young Bucks Hybrid 2, or are you ready to move on to Lightning Round? Now let's get into Lightning Round. Let's do it. Can you hear this, by the way? Yes. Okay. Lightning Round. All right. So I'll, I'll kick it off in, in Lightning Round. I I wanted to talk about the uh, Shaq and Brandy segment. I thought this was really fun, and I liked how... Shaq kind of was just being himself and seemed to make peace with Brandy until the very end when he's like, Hey, you know, if you want some pointers, you should watch Jade. And Brandy was like, no, this, it was, it was a, it was a dude moment from the big Lebowski. This aggression will not stand man. And uh, she threw the water in the face. So I enjoyed that a lot. I thought it was a fun segment and I just, I love Shaq and he's an entertainer that I enjoy very, very much. So uh, this segment totally worked for me. Yeah, it was, it worked. I was just kind of trying to figure out what the end game here was. This just to help get Jade Car- Cargill, 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 Car- Cargill over, which if that's the case, then sweet. You know, the fact that Shaq is like, yeah, I'll help get this random person over. Um, well, if Cody's not going to be doing stuff with Sting, then, I mean, you know, maybe there is something in the cards. Who knows? It seems like like a mixed tag match would seem like something in the works here. You know, have Jade and Shaq team up against Brandy and Cody. Um, but yeah, so that's just kind of the thing. I'm just kind of curious of where this is, where this is going. And that's about it. Like, it was fun. I always love seeing Shaq and it felt kind of weird at first that Shaq and Sting both had these big interviews on the show. And I can't remember which wrestling writer I was following. It was kind of like if Shaq says he wants to be on the show, you get Shaq on the show. And if Shaq agrees to it, you figure it out and make it work. So, um, yeah. So yeah, fun. I, I love Shaq. So I've seen Shaq at WrestleMania. He was in the battle Royal in Texas. So, um, uh, for me, my my next thing on lightning round, um, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to. Find, I will clean that up. Um, where was Santana? Yeah, yeah, that I was thought really he was gonna strange. Show up. I thought he was going to show up during the Diamond Battle Royal and like cost MJF the belt, the 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 ring. Um, I I just I was curious where he was. I, it probably could be something that's not story related and they just had to make it story related. But that was interesting because we know Santana and Sammy have been the two have been kind of iffy. Well, Ortiz, Ortiz. And oh, Sammy. Was it Ortiz. Who was, was it Ortiz and Sammy who were yeah. iffy? Okay. Santana then, was kind of like shrug, whatever. Yeah. Which I guess. Yeah. So it, it was weird that he wasn't there, but also kind of just a weird segment where nothing really changed. I, don't understand the inner circle is going to break up or not thing. Like it felt really sudden. It felt like it wasn't really earned and it just sort of was a thing that happened. And for it to resolve the very next week with little fanfare and, and not a whole lot of 
like the payoff seemed like it was Jericho saying, Max, you're ruining it. I thought the payoff was getting Sammy and MJF's face to like basically say you fuck up again or you do something else. I'm coming after you. I mean, I guess you could have done that another way without this whole, are they going to break up or not? Well, I think we already kind of felt that from those two, but anyway, um, I want to talk about uh, the John Silver and Alex Reynolds camping out in the bar for a week, (laughs) waiting for Adam Page (laughs) to show up. Presumably wearing those miniature cowboy hats the entire time. Comedy gold. I'm surprised that it took a week for him to show up at the bar. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny, man. I, I love I love I love the Beaver Boys. They're great. <laughs> They're, so funny. They're great. And uh, I like the segment. I like this pairing. I think it's going to be fun. Looking forward to this match next week. I want I want Hangman Page and something. Bigger. And maybe this will lead to something bigger because I do think a a Brody Lee Hangman Page match would be incredible, show stealing potential. So we'll see where it goes. I'm enjoying it; it's fun. So and I'm getting some laughs because I think John Silver is a a a treasure. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> he brings a lot um, to the table. He does. He does. Uh, I want to talk about how Abaddon legitimately scares the shit out of me. Yeah, just terrifying. Like, like not even like oh ooh, look she's scary like I have trouble watching like when it zooms into her face I have issues just I don't want to keep watching <laughs> yeah it's a legit terrifying presentation uh, the the moment that really like got me recently with with her was last week when she like spat the blood out onto the title yeah like yeah that was next level creepy and i'm here for it i love it bring it on give me more um. I, I, i'm 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 like it's how i watch horror movies i love horror movies but i must have the lights on and a blanket and the ability <laughs> to cover my eyes if things get a little too scary um i i've started dating a girl recently and we did a horror movies in october and nothing made me feel less brave than having to say okay tell me when the scary part happens <laughs> so yeah abaddon you're kind of ruining my aw watching but i think it's a it's great if it gives us a little more hikaru Shida acting scared well they're building this feud up really well i like that it's you know happening in this way and uh i'm here for it so yeah let's let's make this happen hey man a story being built with the women's championship. It's been a while. So that's the truth. I'm all for it. Well, I got nothing else. You got anything else you wanted to talk about? Did we talk about the main event? Uh, we did not No. fun match. Uh, crazy kerfuffle. I saw like, as you tweeted and it it was a kerfuffle. There were so many people involved and I don't usually mind that because AEW has handled these chaotic moments pretty well. But man, we are getting a WWE style 14 man tag team match next week. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, you know, our 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 president elect Joe Biden would not have liked this segment because we know he's not a fan of malarkey. <laughs> you're you're dumb. <laughs> wow, okay. I'm kidding. You're not dumb. That 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 joke got me. That joke got me. But yeah, like I, I don't know. 
14 man tag matches. I feel like once you hit 10, there's diminishing returns. I agree. I agree with that. But I, I also know that we've actually seen crazy, uh, like huge numbers of people matches in AEW that have been very entertaining and well done. And I think it's the, the indie credentials of all of their talent that allows them to do that successfully because that's a staple. I mean, how many indie shows have we been at where there's been like, oh, there's like 17 people in this match and something is happening <laughs> everywhere at all times. So as long as it breaks down quickly into absolute chaos and remains absolute chaos for the entire match, I'm good with it. Yeah, yeah, true. I guess we'll just have to to see how it how it goes and see see what the the end result is. But yeah. Um, I really don't have anything else, so I guess we can uh, wrap this up. So, guys. Wait, do I not get to have a random observation? Oh, do you have one? I do. Joel's random observation of the week. So we learned something on last night's episode of Dynamite. We're recording this on Thursday. We learned that it is possible to make Miro look unimpressive. I thought it was impossible, but they did it. All you have to do apparently is wear whatever the fuck he was wearing. (laughs) He just looked like a guy. How (laughs) is that possible? I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It looked like he was wearing like the Jacksonville, like color. I don't know. He looked awful. And I'm sure that that shirt costs like $4,000 or something crazy. But I guess, (laughs) well, you know, that's kind of a thing that he does. Like he wears insanely expensive clothes that do not look like they should cost as much as they do. But like, dude, I I don't really care what you wear when you're not on TV, but you got to look the part. And it was leopard teal with like i don't even care about the design it's it's the dimensions it's the fact that it made him look unimpressive like he's got one of the best physiques in all of pro wrestling and it's all hidden under the baggy clothes that he was wearing and he's not an incredibly tall person so it's not like he just naturally looks intimidating on tv you've got to do a little bit of work to make him look, you know, brutal and menacing and terrifying. And and that just did not work for me. <laughs> so it's funny. We talked about last week, one of our stock ups was we mentioned, I mentioned him in the battle Royal, how awesome he looked like eliminating half the field. Did he lose all of that positive heat in a week just because of what he was wearing this week? No, not at all. It doesn't bother me at all. And I like, I'm not, I'm not judging the choice of what he wore. I'm judging the choice of what he wore as a pro wrestler on television because it just didn't, he doesn't, you know, his whole thing is being big and and scary and it, it, he didn't look big and scary. He just looked like a guy. Like angry man is not a good wrestling character. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hopefully Miro will, uh, step up his his game here in the next few uh, few weeks, but yeah. All right, guys, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Other Wrestling Show, on Twitter at ows underscore pod. You can follow Joel at the Other Joel. You can follow me at Michael underscore Aranda. 
We are on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're an Android guy like me, you can get me on pretty much any of the podcasting apps. Did I say you can get me? You can you can get the podcast on any of the podcasting apps on the Google Store. Uh, you can email us at show at gmail.com. Please subscribe. Please rate. Give us a follow. Interact with us. It'd really help us out. And Joel, anything... Uh, else before i i down some uh dayquil well uh hopefully adam page realizes that it's a good time to join the dark order remember everybody life's a work duck the clothesline and happy wrestling